All right. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, everybody? So uh, today I wanted to do a video that I've been wanting to do for a long, uh, a long time. I've attempted to reach out and get um, people on my podcast to talk about this subject, but unfortunately, uh, it seems to be somewhat of a taboo topic. Luckily, I did get Dante Trudell um, to email me and help me out with that. He uh, didn't want to be on the podcast more so because he had uh, other obligations. Um, but I really wanted to take a moment to thank everybody who helped me interpret my blood work first off. Um, that would include Stan Efferding, um, Dr. Damon McCune, and also Dante Trudell. Uh, they all uh, answered particular questions I had about my blood work. And uh, Dante actually went over my full panel for me. And uh, Stan also did when I worked with him as, as uh, a client. So um, basically, today I just wanted to get into the topic of blood work. Unfortunately, this topic is not discussed enough. And um, if you're curious the importance of blood work, you can watch my podcast that I just did with Dr. Damon McCune uh, on um, optimal health. We talked about performance nutrition and how optimal health um, will in turn, make you a better bodybuilder is one of the topics we discussed. Um, I, there's a lot of reasons why uh, someone want, want, may, might want to pay attention to their blood work. Uh, for myself, uh, I do use enhancements, so I am also worried about my health and want to optimize my health in the best way I can um, for longevity purposes, but also for sports performance. And uh, I am a big believer that when you are um, healthy and your blood work reflects that, you will also put on the most amount of muscle and perform your best. And I've had periods where my blood work was um, completely uh, skewed and it reflected in my training and my sleep and my whole life, my quality of life. So um, I believe it's extremely important, especially if you are trying to be the best at what you do, regardless if you take enhancements or not. I'm also a big believer that you should do, um, I'm also a big believer that you should do blood work even if you aren't enhanced, even if you aren't an athlete or someone trying to perform in a sport. Um, unfortunately, I do my blood work privately because uh, doctors generally don't want to do the types of panels that I want to do that actually reflect overall health. Generally, when you go to a GP and you ask to do blood work to check your health, they will probably just do a metabolic panel, which includes um, liver and kidney markers and red blood cell and your, your complete blood count, CBC. And uh, it's not, in my opinion, a good determiner, good, good determine, uh, a good determining factor of your overall health. And I think it is important to take responsibility if your doctor doesn't want to do these tests to, to, to take the responsibility onto yourself and seek uh, a professional potentially to help you interpret the results. And that is what I've done with my blood work. I also want to state that this is not medical advice. This is what I'm doing for my personal self. If you have questions, I would direct you out to these other people. Um, I may be able to help you, uh, but remember again, it's not medical advice. I'm not a medical professional. This is just from my experience that I'm speaking from um, of my years doing, the doing my own blood work and also what these gentlemen have helped me out with. Um, but that being said, uh, like, like I mentioned, I really think that everybody should 
be an advocate of their own health, uh, especially because a lot of these things aren't tested in normal tests and they can be really good uh, determiners of your overall health. So really quickly, I wanna get into this. So I'm gonna share my screen with you. Close out some of this stuff here. So um, first things first, if you are someone who wants to take it upon yourself to do your own blood work, you can go to private MD labs and um, order a blood test through them. It's very, very straightforward. You order the blood test, you get your requisition papers, you print out your requisition papers, and you go to the uh, location that you selected when you ordered your test. There are locations all over the place. Um, you fast for 12 hours in most cases, and then you go in and get your panel, and it will be emailed to you within a couple of days. Um, so what I generally do is the male athletic anti-aging panel. This panel includes your metabolic panel, but it also includes things such as your thyroid. It includes things such as total testosterone, estrogen. It, can, it includes, um, uh, what else? kind of blanking on the other stuff. I mean, it, it's just, it's a very comprehensive panel and I believe uh, it is a better determinant of your overall health and can really give you a better picture of what's really going on with your health. And I also, because I haven't done this in the past, ordered a vitamin D uh, 25 hydroxy. This is a good measurement of your um, vitamin D levels. And uh, those are critical for many reasons. Um, Stanfording has a whole rant on this that I will link in the description below. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that was in range. I have been getting more sun exposure, so I wanted to kind of see what I would what I'm doing with my um, vitamin D3 supplementation because I have been taking 10,000 IUs for a minute. Um, so I just wanted to see what uh, those levels were at. So let's get on to the uh, test results. I thought I had this pulled up. Sorry. These are all my panels from the last um, couple of years here. So uh, first things first on here, I'll probably have to blink some of this stuff out. Well, maybe not. It's my birthday, my age, all that good stuff. Okay, so first thing, so this is the first time I tested through Quest for some reason. Um, let me make me a little bigger so you can see me talking. This will work. So for some reason, uh, sorry guys, just trying to figure this out a little bit. Um, for some reason, I was using LabCorp, but their prices doubled. Don't really know why. If someone could uh, explain that to me, that would make that'd be cool. Maybe they're trying to. Maybe they're kind of on the out, and um, and uh, Quest is on the in, and so that's why they raised double their prices. I don't know. I was using LabCorp for a long time. It's a little frustrating because I was using some markers to determine my health, and those markers I realized aren't. Quest doesn't test the exact same things that LabCorp does for this specific type of panel, the anti-aging panel. They test some things differently, so I wasn't able to get my my BUN and my creatinine on this test, which was kind of frustrating um, because I was getting that at LabCorp before, and that was a good. Uh, kidney value. Um, so that was frustrating. I might just add that like I did the vitamin D hydroxy, um, which is really cool about uh, private MD is what you can add stuff on that you feel might be important. Um, like if you say, say you see a high value, you can get maybe a more comprehensive panel added onto that in the future when you test. 
Oh, and one more thing I wanted to say about Private MD. If you sign up for their newsletter, you get discount codes um, every month. So that would be really important to to do uh, if you want to do your blood work. All right. So first, thing, first things first. Um, first, we have Cardio CRP. Uh, that is in range. This is just uh, a, a good determinant of your uh, cardiovascular risk. Um, so mine has been low for a while, which is really good. Keep in mind, this is not everything. Um, this is just one marker. Um, other things you could do are complete calcium score, which I'm going to try to get done soon, which will show your arterial plaque and um, also EKG, which is uh, heart uh, rhythm and things like that. So those would be also good tests to do if you're really concerned about your cardiovascular health. Uh, glucose is 89. This is not reflected of what I took in the morning. Um, I, I don't necessarily know uh, why, but um, you know, I, I'm a little concerned with that number. I would like to get that down. Um, things I can do to do that are either lower my carbohydrate or just total calorie intake. I hate to say carbohydrates. I feel like a lot of people think and assume that getting your glucose down means lowering your carbohydrates. If you are over consuming food in general, your glucose can also be high and your that can also ruin your insulin sensitivity. So you could overeat fats and still have high glucose uh, because of the process uh, gluconeogenesis. So um, I could lower my calories. I am I was in a deficit at this time and I was losing weight. So that might not be the case. I think more so I need to be better about the frequency of my walks throughout the day because I do work and I'm on my feet for a good period of the day. But sometimes that causes me to be inactive in the morning. So after like a large, some of my larger glucose meals are in the morning after my walk and after my, or sorry, after my first meal. And uh, my first meal has a large surplus of calorie, uh, carbohydrates and calories. And then my, also my post-workout meal. So um, I should, I'm going to do my best moving forward to try to walk after those meals and, and not be sedentary throughout the morning. Not that I'm particularly sedentary, but I feel like that may help. Um, other than that, things that affect glucose again, are weight loss, uh, eating in a caloric deficit. So those things are definitely important. It is important to keep in mind that I do, I am eating at, uh, what was a, was a mate I think it was maintenance at the time. It became a deficit because I went back to work. So that may have improved, but also, um, what was I going to say? Oh, it's important to note that my maintenance um, carbohydrate amount was about 500 grams. So uh, that may just be inevitable because the amount of volume of food that I have to take in to maintain my muscle mass um, of that number being that, that, that range. And that's why bodybuilders sometimes use exogenous insulin. Um, another reason why this could be high is also I do use uh, uh, at the, at the time of this, I was using a, uh, hormone replacement or, uh, optim uh, optimize, uh, optimization replacement dosage. Uh, uh, sorry, I was using an HRT dosage of growth hormone about two I used during the time of this. Oh, I guess this did uh, measure, uh, bun. It didn't measure, oh, it did measure creatinine too. So these are in range. Um, I'll, I'll show Dante Trudell's um, responses to my blood work in a little bit, but I'm just going to go through it myself real quick and just what I think of these numbers and things like that. Um, BON uh, is normal. Creatinine is normal. So Dante mentioned that he thought I was dehydrated. Normally, if you're dehydrated, these, may be, these markers might be off as well. These reflect kidney health. Um, I was in a deload of training at the time. So normally, I get these numbers come back a little bit high, and that's just a byproduct of resistance training. 
um, and that would be the same for AST and ALT. Um, but he mentioned that my albumin and globulin uh, were high. He said this may be just that I was dehydrated. Um, I did attempt to hydrate myself prior to this, but I think I may have needed more water. Um, and I think I realized this because of my actual body size that um, I may have needed to have drink in a little more water, maybe popped a couple of thermo tabs before to make sure my balance was a little better. So it may have been a little bit off. Something I'll just definitely keep an eye on, not alarming, not super out of range. So I'm not super concerned with that. Um, okay. And then, sorry, I don't know what the heck's happening. Oh, it's doing this. Okay. What the heck? All right. Um, sorry, guys. Let's do this. Okay, so next thing we have is estroidal. Let's hope it doesn't do the. Okay, estroidal. So uh, that is high. So with estroidal, um, Dante said he didn't necessarily like this range. He didn't like this number being um, 97. Um, I'm not particularly concerned from what I've seen with this number being high. So a lot of people. And, I, and Dante doesn't fall into this boat at all, but a lot of people see estroidal being high and they immediately think they need to crush it with um, an, uh, an AI or a CIRM um, and an antiestrogen and um, or even worse, a third party antiestrogen that actually will crush, like completely just eliminate estrogens that allow some of aromatization to occur or some estrogen to be um, produced as a byproduct. But um, I, from my experience, from working with Stan Efferding um, and working with other coaches that have crushed my estrogen in the past, um, Stan did a rant, uh, another one, he puts out great information, that's why I keep referencing him, is uh, five medications that make you weak, and antiestrogens were one on the list, and I can totally, from my experience, agree with this. I had a coach prior uh, who had me on antiestrogens year round and I felt terrible. My strength was always bad. My skin actually looked really bad too. A lot of people assume that side effects are directly related to estrogen and um, that's not uh, the case. Uh, the case may be that you are doing infrequent injections of your hormone protocol and that will definitely cause side effects um, if you're running, not running a PCT after getting off hormone replacement that can also be a huge determiner of you getting estrogen-like side effects. Uh, another thing could also be that your um, prolactin is high and other things on your blood. So that's why it is important to get, a, get blood work done instead of just taking antiestrogens or aromatase inhibitors without actually knowing the full picture. Regardless, um, I've done a little bit of my own research. Um, Derek with More Plates, More Dates, I will link his video below. Uh, he did a great video about the optimal ratio of testosterone to estrogen, and it looked like it was about 5%. Now, unfortunately, not a lot of people are putting out videos about super physiological doses. I really hope in the future someone in the evidence-based community can do so, um, but uh, this is an, at an HRT dosage, so I can at least use this for my um, cruise phase and not my blast, um, but this is a little bit higher than the ratio he suggested in that video, which would be about 5%. So uh, as I'll show in a second, my testosterone is 1700 from 250 milligrams a week of uh, testosterone and 
And um, this is, that would make 5% of that number would be 85. So it's a little bit high, not enough for me to be concerned. He's, he did mention that uh, you may be more anxious with this high. Um, I am a fairly anxious person, so it's really hard to determine whether it's the estrogen or it's just myself. Um, I could potentially see, see that as being a side effect. Um, another thing that if you're, if you're ratio, the, the thing that's important is your actual ratio. So if I had a 97 estrogen and, uh, only like an 800 test, that would be very concerning. You probably want to be down in the normal reference ranges if you have a natural amount of testosterone in your body. Um, but, and I would say this 29 may be a little bit low, but I don't know. That's my preference. Um, but that being said, uh, this in, in, in the ratio to testosterone is not concerning for myself. Um, another, you should, you, you can look out for side effects when that ratio is skewed, um, such as loss of libido, um, loss of desire for sex, uh, erectile dysfunction, not, uh, ability to not maintain erections as well, which I've had zero of those side effects. So I am not super concerned if this number started to creep up as when I do my next panel, then I will potentially look at taking an aromatase inhibitor. But the research is out about aromatase inhibitors and antiestrogens and how they potentially cause a lot of damage in your system. I would rather be taking less drugs if possible um, just for the sake of maintaining good health. And I really, I'm personally not concerned with this, but I do respect Dante's opinion and I will keep an eye on it after what he said. Okay, I don't know why it keeps doing this. Sorry, guys. Okay. All right. So my SHBG, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole lot about this. I do know that if this is low, it allows your free testosterone to be high, which is the case in my situation. I believe free testosterone is high because potentially my diet, um, I am following the vertical diet. I really do feel like that helps a lot with my actual food sources. I feel like it's very supportive of having free testosterone. I feel like, look, this is only in theory, but, and I'm, I, I, there may be some data out there to suggest this, but I really believe that if you are take, or if you have a shitty diet and you are, um, you have a shitty diet and you're doing infrequent one week, one time a week injections, you are going to have, uh, not good numbers off of what you take, meaning that your body is not going to be able to utilize and process the, um, drug in your system very well and efficiently when you have a shitty diet, when you have high body fat levels, when you do infrequent injections, all these things I think play a role into your body's ability to utilize the drug in an, an efficient manner so that you have, you can take less and get more out of it. And this I think even goes to scale when people are taking super physiological doses. Uh, it's very concerning to me when they have shitty diets. I mean, for so many different reasons that can really affect their health, but also just the fact that sometimes they feel the need maybe because they are not getting nearly uh, what they could out of what they are taking. And I really feel like that all plays a role into it. Um, I would love for someone to validate that with evidence, but unfortunately there is not a whole lot of evidence, especially at the super physiological amounts, um, but that would be really cool. Um, this is at 200, this, this level is at 250 mig, migs a week, um, which uh, I, I think for myself is pretty good. Um, I've seen people with higher uh, but I think that's good. I think for myself, maintaining my body weight, that might be a necessary dosage in the future. I may try to go down um, just for health purposes and try to keep it at a lower dosage. Um, and I would not recommend these dosages at all. I'm just what I personally use. Um, T3 is uh, at the high normal. Not super concerned with that. Again, free testosterone. That's great. Um, 
So here, uh, we're going to get down into my blood panel, my uh, CBC uh, down below. This number was a little concerning to me. It is in the normal range. A long time ago, I emailed Stan Efferding about my, um, my CBC, my hemoglobin hematocrit, and uh, other markers on my CBC being high. And he said, don't donate. Um, I have it right here. So basically, um, those could be reflecting markers of uh, erythrocytosis, which means that those could be reflections of just testosterone usage or sleep apnea, which I have both of those uh, factors. Those don't necessarily reflect uh, viscosity of the blood. Uh, polycythemia affects viscosity of the blood. And uh, factors that play into that are high ferritin. I have it written here. High platelets. Sorry, my series going off. Um, high platelets um, and high ferritin also play a role in that. And um, so this is this appears to be in range ferritin. Um, but Stan sent me a video and these two doctors, uh, and I'll link that video down below as well. And they were talking about ferritin level reference ranges being um, too high in the United States. So a quick background, the way these numbers are established are uh, generally on studies, and I don't know a whole lot, so I'm not gonna pretend like I do, um, but um, sometimes they aren't necessarily reflected of the current evidence on a topic or some things that are coming out. And that can be, that, that is understood. Uh, I understand that because, you know, maybe if this one study comes out or a couple studies come, in, come out, maybe they still wanna validate it over a period of time um, and, and, and repeat those results over multiple studies. So I understand that. These gentlemen were talking about though that uh, ferritin reference ranges are too high and it is scary to be in this range. Um, so I, let me pull up the email on my phone. Oh no, no, sorry, I have it written right here. So uh, Stan sent back, the, the, and this is their reference, is uh, your ferritin should ideally be between 40 and 60. So this is way too high, this is concerning. This ferritin is a reflector of the amount of stored iron uh, in your body, which is not good for multiple reasons. Um, as far as I understand, the stored iron can damage tissues, can lead to cancers and things like that. Um, so that is not necessarily something you want high. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. But my GGT is at what is ideal range, which they also mentioned this reference range is a little, little too high, but 16 is a good number to have. So that's that for right now. I'll get back into it once we get back to that part of the panel. Uh, A1C, again, that's probably not, that's a little bit high normal. Uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on that uh, throughout my off season. I'm not pushing food here, but again, I am eating 500 grams of carbohydrates may play a role. BSA is good. That could be a reflection of uh, prostate health. Okay. Your analysis all looks good. Insulin, sorry, this thing is really frustrating. Um, where are we? Okay, sorry, I'm learning how to use this right now. Oh God, okay, I scroll over without flicking it. Okay, got it. Okay, insulin, great. I'm really happy with that. Um, I think that if you're, I believe four, at four, you actually is a, this is another one where the reference range is probably too high. Um, we give a little too much leniency in the United States for this. Insulin at about, I think, two to four is a healthy range. Anything above you, look, you're looking at potentially risk of diabetes. 
Um, again, I'm not a doctor, but that's just what I've heard from the professionals. Uh, luteinizing hormone obviously is low because I take exogenous hormone. Um, magnesium is normal, good. Okay, let's find this. This is the next part of the panel. This is uh, where I was beginning to be concerned here. Um, but be, keep in mind that these markers here are not um, reflectors of the viscosity of your blood. So there, there's a, uh, a reason why people train in Colorado, why the Olympic Training Center is in Colorado. It's because there is a, it's a high altitude and there's low oxygen, which causes your body, body to create more red blood, blood cells, which will in turn cause more endurance, a uh, reason why cyclists take EPO. And that is a reason why people take anabolics. Uh, has that benefit it can cause you to have more endurance when you're training with resistant when you're resistance training when you're doing your sport so this might not be something that you want to get rid of if you're someone who uses enhancements um, because this also doesn't reflect the viscosity of your blood this in combination with your ferritin and your iron um, and also your platelets um, will re reflect the viscosity of your blood so um, don't be concerned. Compare that to your platelets. That's one thing that I was concerned about when doing this blood work. So everything looked pretty good to me for the most part. Um, platelets are normal, which is good. So I don't know what the, the, the difference is in like platelets and then ferritin and like how much each play a role in the viscosity of your blood. Ferritin, I would like to get down. Um, but as uh, Dante mentioned, I'm going to go over my protocols after this, but um, taking something that will chelate iron will actually help to get my ferritin down. So I'm not donating blood just yet. And I'm currently um, communicating with my physician just to make sure everything's okay. Uh, but I was a little uh, concerned about that. Here we have high iron. So I am eating a lot of iron. And you got to keep in mind that testosterone will increase your uptake of iron. Um, so that is probably fairly normal for my situation. Um, if you're someone who uses testosterone and also follows the vertical diet, it may be important to keep an eye on those markers. Um, I don't, I, my, my goal is to not take red meat out of my diet because of its micronutrient profile and how, how beneficial it is to, to muscle building. But if I have to, I may, I really don't think that's the case. Um, I think I just need to be on top of my iron and actually do something like taking a dietary supplement, um, or other interventions that I'm going to talk about at the end of this video. Um, so yeah. That was the one thing I was concerned about is the RBC and the iron and all that stuff. Not, um, not crazy though. I don't think that I'm going to die tomorrow um, of a stroke or anything like that. Um, okay. HDL, um, definitely better than it has been in the past um, because I'm not taking anti-estrogens. Uh, once you have low estrogen, you will crush your HDL as well. Um, these numbers are all fairly decent. Uh, Dante said he'd like to see my triglycerides higher. So he said something like coconut oil may help with that, which I will try to do more frequently. Um, cholesterol HDL ratio is normal, a little bit high normal, and then HDL, non-HDL cholesterol 114. So, uh, LDL, I'm happy with that. I, I'm not, I'm not someone who's super concerned with, um, your LDL being bad. I think it's something that is essential, um, and it's in a good range. Um, and then with HDL, I am taking citrus bergamot. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it to try to maybe keep that number, uh, in, in check when I blast, uh, T4, good TSH, good right in the mid range. You don't want that to be high because that could be a reflection that your body isn't using thyroid, uh, efficiently. And then, uh, vitamin D hydroxy. And that's 
probably at a good range. I, uh, I've been getting less sun exposure as of recently. So I, I went, when I saw this test, I went down to 8,000 because I was combining the sun exposure and the dosage of vitamin D, but, uh, I have been working a lot. So I'm just trying to make sure at least, uh, I'm supplementing with it and I'll try my best to get outside, but that's in a good range. Uh, if you're, I think less than 60 is probably not ideal. Uh, and then I don't necessarily know the other vitamin D markers here. So yeah, that's my whole panel. Um, so let me show you what Dante said. He said this is it's okay to share this with you guys. I really wanted to take a moment and say thank you again, Dante, because I really appreciate it. These are the things that he said. Um, I don't know if you trained before 24 hour at your blood work. That's a big deal because it can skew your numbers. I didn't train. I think I did actually train, but it was a deload. So that may have skewed that some of the numbers a little bit, something like maybe albumin. Um, I guess he missed the bun in there. Bun was good. Creatinine was good. Oh, he said, wait, let's look at this. He said, if bun and creatinine ratio over 20 usually means you're severely dehydrated. So let's check that real quick. So to close down here. It was on like the first page, I think. It'll let me go over there. Okay. Um, oh, it said not applicable. Oh, that's maybe what he was referencing. That kind of sucks. Um, maybe there's a way of testing that which I'll do later. Um, okay. I don't necessarily think I was dehydrated, but I could have been. Um, I, I told him I purposely drank 20 ounces of water, a quarter teaspoon of salt, and it wasn't enough for my size. Um, CRP is glow. That's good. I have been taking curcumin since I start, since I saw this blood work just as a precautionary marker. One thing I want to mention is that I was kind of against dietary supplements prior to this blood work, but I've realized, especially when you take enhancements, I, I, my, my thing is like, I'm kind of cocky, like, I got everything covered in my diet, so I shouldn't need to take dietary supplements. Um, but I think especially when you had enhancements in the mix, things can get kind of funky and it may just be necessary. So um, I just tried to do everything I could with my diet first. And this is essentially diet. I wasn't taking really uh, any dietary supplements aside from vitamin D3, but now I'm kind of realizing that uh, maybe I do need some of those uh, supplements. Enzymes are good. I would say that they probably won't look good once I start training heavy again, which is totally normal. Uh, for someone who resistance strength, it's important for someone to know. I actually had a buddy of mine who I, I did his panel recently and his doctor is like, oh, I'm re referring you to uh, whatever uh, liver doctor is called because your liver enzymes are high. And I'm like, he doesn't understand that just because you work out, they're high. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy that a GP doesn't even understand that. Um, and it's pretty common knowledge for, from what I understand, from what I thought at least. So that's a little frustrating. So I told him, don't, you know, make sure the doctor gives you or your blood work so you can interpret it. Um, asteroidal, he doesn't like that being too high. He said he'd rather see that 45 to 70. I would probably say, <clears throat> um, he wanted me microdosing eczemostain. I'm not a fan of eczemostain because that completely stops rheumatization. Um, but I guess he is saying microdosing, so maybe that would not affect it as much. Um, I do appreciate your suggestion here, and I'm just gonna roll with it. I asked if I could maybe do low dose tamoxifen because that impacts your lipids a little less, but. Uh, I would prefer to not if I don't have to. So um, I'm just going to be a little cautious about that number and keep a close eye on it. Um, and I was like say, asking him if I, if I, if my numbers were 8,500, would 340 to 400 estrogen be okay? He said, no, he'd probably not see that in that range. He'd probably rather see me at somewhere in the 100. So I don't think the ratio is proportionate um, uh, to your, like you, if you have 8,500 tests, maybe you don't want a 340, 400 estra, estrogen, but I'm not sure because there's not a whole lot of data out there on super, physio, super physiological dosages and ratios for that. So, uh, if someone would love to take 
the uh, torch and do that video. I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, SHBG is uh, low, so that's good for allowing high free testosterone, which is awesome. Meaning, uh, actually, I'm not going to go into that because I don't really know what that means a whole lot. Uh, hematocrit hemoglobin are high, um, but he said he also did, can't tell how dehydrated I am. I, they're probably still somewhat high. I've had them tested when I went to give blood. I got deferred a couple times and they were still kind of high, so probably consistent. Um, uh, he said that phlebotomy not, might not be the answer. So I was trying to give blood like nonstop because I was like, oh no, my, my RBC is, uh, everything's high. I need to give blood and I'm going to have a heart attack. And I was all scared. Um, I definitely kind of come a hypochondriac, which I said here. Um, but he said, you know, once you give blood and you like this blow, your body will start to produce more red blood cells. So it might not be the best idea. Um, I thought my levels were critically high. That's why I wanted to dump them. He said, the problem is you're taking in too much red heme iron, iron levels too high, resulting into a uh, red blood cell cascade. I don't think this is, this isn't the only factor that my red blood cells are high. My red blood cells are high also because, um, not just because of red meat, and probably I would say red meat is just the, the carrier. I mean, red meat is just the reason why I, I'm, I'm ingesting iron, but, but I think also because of my sleep apnea, and my testosterone usage is why my red, my iron storage is high. Um, so I don't think it's just the red meat. Um, and I would use this as my last resort, uh, basically, of taking this out of the diet. So I started taking IP6, which I wasn't doing before. So I want to see what that does to my panel. And I update, I up, upped my curcumin dosage a little bit. So instead of 400 once a day, I'm doing 400 twice a day. IP6, I'm taking two grams um, as his recommendation for someone of my size. Don't use that as a standard dosage. Um, maybe refer to him if you have high iron. Um, so again, I'm not going to lessen my red meat iron uh, consumption just yet because I don't believe that's the only factor. I'm going to go for the other things first because I believe red meat is uh, almost essential for a bodybuilder or an athlete uh, in their diet. Uh, I, uh, he said people are severely cardio efficient, have lower hematocrit hemoglobin. Uh, as I mentioned here, I am uh, doing eight to 10,000 steps a day with my current job. So that's probably not going to fix it. Um, I was asking how much IP six, which he responded to grams. And I said, I do eat 24 ounces of bison or top steak a day. Um, your HDL is low. So I took, uh, started taking citrus bergamot at one gram, uh, only at night. And I started taking krill oil, uh, 2,500 milligrams only at night. Um, I'm not super, I'm not a super big fan of mega dosing, vitamins and supplements. So I'm just starting with the lower end of his recommendations and going up from there. I'm not saying that his recommendations are wrong by any means. Um, I'm just being a little more cautious because sometimes when you superdose some of these things, they can have compounding effects, which I'm sure he is considered for sure. So I'm not, again, um, uh, saying anything negative towards his approach. Uh, I just want to be cautious in the other direction. Um, so yeah, uh, just I'm starting with those doses. I'm going to see what my blood work is at in eight weeks. He said, uh, small amounts of coconut oil might help my triglycerides. Um, I'm not super concerned about raging my LDL from the evidence I've been presented. Um, so I've been doing the citrus bergamot. So he said the IP6 may rectify it over time. I hope the IP6 also drives my ferritin, but we'll have to see. Um, he said, try to avoid EQ. Um, and then I asked him what compounds and he said, just try to avoid those compounds. Primo might be a good idea though. And then he said, not adhering to your CPAP is enough. 
So what am I doing to uh, negate this? What is my protocol? I'm gonna stop the share here if I can figure it out. There we go. So supplements I have started to take. Um, let me see, I have it on my phone here. I mentioned them all throughout the video here, but okay. So what am I doing because of these markers? So uh, I started his recommendations of 2,500 milligrams of krill oil, switched out my fish oil. I'm also trying to have a fatty fish meal every other day, a wild fatty fish specifically because those have better omega-3 uh, ratios. Um, I am taking two grams of astralgus. He didn't recommend this, but I did see in one of his other posts. My uh, systolic number was a little bit high. Uh, I tested it the morning, I have it here, and it was 140 over 76. So um, that is called um, isolated uh, systolic hypertension. And I really believe that, okay, so uh, Stan said this before in his videos, when you have sleep apnea and you don't adhere to your mask, that can cause a 20 point increase in your systolic blood pressure. And I've had a terrible time adhering to my CPAP because it's been hot. So I keep ripping it off my face in the middle of the night. So I really feel that's a direct reflection in my blood pressure. Um, so I, if I can get my adherence better, which I'm really trying to now, putting an ice pack on my face, making sure I have my fan on me, and I'll do a whole sleep hygiene video in the future. Um, I believe I can get that number back down to a normal range. So um, I've also started taking astrologist to maybe help just negate some of that and get my blood pressure back into a normal range because um, I'm just a little bit concerned about that number and I want to get back down. Um, so I'm taking two grams of astrologist. I'm taking 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3 uh, as reflected of my less sun exposure. So I just want to make sure I maintain that 60 vitamin D3 level in the blood. Two grams of IP6 at night. Um, I'm taking a sleep aid just because I've had a little bit of trouble sleeping since prep. And then I'm taking 400 milligrams of biocurcumin morning and night. Along with that, in my podcast, and I'll probably put the video up in a sec here, uh, I was talking to Damon McCune, who is the co-founder and co-author of The Vertical Diet. And he mentioned that I asked him, hey, what, what should I do about my iron levels? And uh, because I'm eating so much red meat and I don't want to lessen my red meat intake. And he said, calcium is a great, uh, it, it, it slows or stops the absorption of iron. So what he said is possibly take in calcium with your red meat meals. So I have structured my diet here. I'll show you here now. diet. So in my last diet update, and I'm coaching myself at the moment, let's see if I can move this stuff around. Watch this. This is pull up a weird spectrum. Okay. My self coaching diet. So with my diet now, um, with every red meat meal, no, this is not my, this is my current day. Um, I have moved my dairy around so where that it is around every single red meat consuming meal. So I did have my, 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 um, my cheese in this meal. So I, I'm a little upset about that. Let me fix this while I'm in here. This is two egg whites. Um, so I'm a little upset about that, but it's at the end of the day, I'm eating for performance and I'm not in for health and not eating for, um, taste per se, which this meal still tastes fine. I put some spinach in there. It's totally fine. Um, 
and here, this is a great uh, example of like a vertical diet and what I use in the off season. Um, I'll probably do, be doing more videos on this in the future. So I made sure I purposely with my red meat meals am taking in calcium. So uh, this is my post-workout, it's a low fat meal. I totally didn't spell chicken, right? <laughs> um, top sirloin. So what I'm doing is uh, Stan recently had something where he did the, uh, let me make me a little bigger, where he uh, did this or orange juice and yogurt mix, which is great. It's like orange creamsicle, tastes pretty good. Um, so I am mixing these two together and I'm just drinking them while I eat my meal. And then in my mashes, I put, I make, I make these and eat them at work. So I just put cheese in there. So I don't have to worry about keeping my yogurt cold and whatnot. So I put a slice of cheese in my, my two mashes and divide it up into two thermoses. And then again at night, I'm doing, um, another drink with my, and then I'll normally replace this in the future with, um, with a wild fish meal, which I have been doing. So again, that, and, and I didn't put, if you're, you're curious why there are no veggies in here, I don't necessarily track my veggies. I just try to keep them in a, a normal range. If I'm over consuming, then I'll start tracking them, but like in a deficit, but I just kind of just eat veggies. They're not super um, calorically dense or anything like that. Um, so don't think I'm not eating vegetables. <laughs> Come at me in the comments. So yeah, that's what I'm doing with my diet now to also, uh, alleviate some of the calcium or some of the iron absorption in my blood. Uh, caffeine, I believe is also another, um, iron chelator, which means that it binds to iron and, um, makes it water soluble. So it get out of your system. And that's another thing that IP six does as well. So those are the things I'm doing to try to, uh, take charge of my health. Uh, again, I'm com uh, communicating with my physician. We're going to do another blood panel here soon. Um, but, I just wanted to go over what I'm personally doing for my blood work to maybe help some of you guys, maybe point some things out to you guys. Um, I would probably refer you out to these other professionals. Um, if you have questions, they would be able to help you. Roderick Chavez, I think is another person um, that would probably be able to help you as well. I'll link all of them in the description. Um, but I just wanted to give you a good idea of what I'm doing for my health and really go over the fact that health is important, especially if you're in a, a uh, super supplement using bodybuilder and um, you are trying to maximize hypertrophy and also live a decent life. Um, a lot of the time people are just okay with feeling like shit and they think it's just part of it. And I really am here to say that I don't think that needs to be a part of bodybuilding. And I really think that your health is also reflected in your physique and the quality of your muscle look. And I know that's not super supported by evidence at the moment, but eventually I think it will be because I've seen many competitors with poor health who their skin looks terrible and uh, it's just reflected in their physique, generally distension in the stomach. Stan, someone in, uh, Stan Efferding is someone who said that he thinks that distension may be caused by liver toxicity issues. And I can totally um, attest to that may be a part of it because I've had that experience before. I don't necessarily think it's the GH or the insulin gut um, per se. I think it's the volumes of food. I think it's not being able to digest and assimilate your food. Um, I think it's a lot of factors. Um, again, I just wanted to go over that really quickly. Guys, do your blood work. It is extremely irresponsible for you to be a um, ergo ergogenic using bodybuilder and enhanced bodybuilder and to be not using or doing your blood work. I think it's irresponsible to be a human, being a normal person and not do your blood work as well and not take care of your health, but it is extremely irresponsible. And remember that the people who suffer um, health complications due to um, enhancements also end up being the reflection of what people think bodybuilding is. And I really, hate to see that happen. Um, 
these few individuals ruin it for everybody to where maybe our sport can't get as much, much exposure because people assume that bodybuilders are unhealthy people and all this bad stuff because uh, of a few individuals who don't take care of themselves and just think they're invincible. So do your blood work, check your blood pressure, check your glucose, be on top of these things. Don't just wing it, guys. Uh, it's going to reflect in your performance. It's going to reflect in your health. It's going to reflect in your overall look that you can bring to a stage or to competition. So um, please, please uh, take my word, do your blood work, do a panel. Um, if you need any direction, just email me. I can send you in the right direction. Again, I'm not a doctor and this is not medical advice. Uh, I want to thank you all for watching this video. I hope it can help some of you in any, any form. Um, and as always, it's Dylan Gwen signing out.